Welcome to another podcast of Redemption Tempe. My name is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here, and it has been a good summer. We're back from our summer break, uh, getting our podcast started again. And I am joined today by Ricardo and Josh, two of our other pastors, if you don't know them. Guys, Hey, welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, I can see you. They can't see you, but they can hear you. How's the summer been for you guys so far? Keeping busy? Man, it's been awesome. It's yeah. been good, really restful, refreshing. We got to spend a little time in San Diego and then go make a trip back to see family uh, and friends back in, in Portland where we, we kind of moved from last year. And I think it's been fun, but we're kind of ready for rhythm and routine to kick back in again. I think school's starting this week. And well, yeah, maybe not the week that the podcast is going live. But as we're talking right now, we're excited for kind of jumping back into school and getting back into rhythm. Lifting the the podcast magic curtain exactly. here a little bit. People see, oh no, we're recording this a couple we're days sp- before it goes live. We're <laughs> speaking to you from the past. Yep, yep. We're going to go back to the future. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say this summer was restful, sure. but uh, we definitely got some good things going on and, and so forth. But uh, family-wise, we had, uh, as many of you know, we had uh, just some some tragedies, some death, loss, and you know, I, I had had a surgery. So the last six weeks have been just kind of a lot of moving parts, you know, but in the, in the midst of it, we had some moments of a reprieve and, and so forth. I think the highlight of this summer was uh, being able to connect uh, with, with my, my two sons in ways that we've, we've never been able to connect. So looking forward to the fall for them going back to school, which is a blessing. And then also for us to start a new series uh, and then just the many things that happen in the life of our church throughout the fall. Um, and so, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, that, that's a good segue too. Um, we are jumping back into the podcast here um, midway through August. This is going live. It's uh, August 11th. So today, we uh, today from when we're listening to the podcast, not from when we're recording it, it's a couple of days before then. Um, but we uh, are going to hear from you about the formed uh, project that we're, we're kicking off here in about a month or so. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that and how it'll tie in. But the main reason I wanted to, to get you guys on the podcast today is to talk about our next sermon series that's going to be starting next Sunday on the book of Exodus. And that'll take us through until Advent. Um, so we'll be in the book of Exodus throughout the fall. Uh, so yeah, in general, we're going to be um, the podcast here. We'll have a lot of different guests on over the next couple months. So that'll be good. Um, and next week when we actually start the uh the sermon series on Exodus, we'll hear from Josh uh, and uh, a guy named Alistair, who is, it's an awesome interview where they're talking about themes and an overarching uh, narrative of, of Exodus. But mostly what I wanted to get you guys on today about is is more just pastorally as two of the guys that will probably be doing a, a bulk of the preaching as we're going through Exodus, specifically you, Ricardo. Um, what are things that you guys hope for for our church throughout the midst of this series? Uh, what, what are you guys hoping that we as a church, uh, how, how God would move through this series, things that we would pick up uh, as a church, that sort of thing? Yeah, for me, that, that question is always, uh, always a good question and uh, thinking about leading. Um, and yet I could only think about it from me personally as well, like as I'm reading through it, as I'm preparing, not so much what it means for the church, but like what it means for me. And so if I step back one is to think about it biblically and theologically for many of us uh, within just our church context that don't really understand how the Old Testament fully connects to the New Testament, there's probably not a book in the Bible in terms of the Old Testament that really sets up the New Testament as much as Exodus does. I mean, the themes, uh, the approach, the understanding of how God moves through grace, and the introduction of certain words like redemption, uh, which our church is named after, or salvation, um, things like 
uh, sacrifice and atonement and all of those things that we, we read about in the New Testament, primarily through Christ and the cross and the resurrection, has its, its genesis in the Old Testament and even more so in the book of Exodus. And so looking at that, there'll be a lot of themes to be able to point to Jesus um, and not just to immediately just jump straight to Jesus, but to tell the narrative that shaped the need of a savior putting on flesh and why there's blood and why there's need of a resurrection and so forth. So biblically and theologically looking at it that way. And then also just in our own walks with the Lord um, is to see how we are as humanity. Because there's two things consistent within creation um, and like life. That is God never changes and seemingly neither do humans. And so when you look at the book of Exodus, you see God um, moving and gracious ways to redeem. And you see just the sin of people, whether it's looking at Pharaoh and the oppression that he gives towards people, the fear that he has of an, other people taking over him and the insecurity and how it leads him to even just try to keep people underneath his metaphorical thumb. But then you also see the Israelites who receive just a, an amazing amount of grace from God and yet how easily it is for them to still go back to their own ways and to return to their own ways apart from him. Um, and I think we see that in our own lives personally. I think we see it corporately. Um, and so that's, that's important. And then there's the, the topic of mission. I think that's always something we need to think about. Like how are we to live in light of who God is and what he's done? And I think you begin to see the forming of God's people and how mission is a result or a response to the graciousness and the faithfulness of who God is and how we are being formed as a people, even as the church, in light of the story of redemption as it's find its its fulfillment uh, fulfillment in Christ Jesus and how we live in light of that as a people under God's covenantal care and love for us. And so looking forward to a lot of those things to be fleshed out um, in our own like personal lives today in 2019 um, and just everything that kind of goes with that. Yeah, I think for me, man, I just, I love the book of Exodus. It's foundational uh, in the Bible as a whole, but it, it really uh, foundational for Israel in the Old Testament. Like it was like their foundation story. In some ways you can see it as like the center of the first five books of the Bible. Genesis kind of leading up to it and the, the, the next few books are unpacking it. Um, but there's so much there that's so rich. Uh, I think these themes that work their way throughout the Old Testament as a whole, uh, but then also like... There's this one theologian I love, a guy named T.F. Torrance, and he talks about how, in many ways in the Old Testament, God was preparing a language so that when Christ came, we would have the language and categories in which he would make sense. And Exodus, perhaps more than any other book, feels like it does that. Like it's, It creates the language, the imagery, the categories and all, where when Christ comes, so much of who Jesus is is wrapped up in the narrative and themes of the Exodus story. And so every week, I think how we come to the communion table. We come and we receive uh, the body given and the blood shed. Uh, but what some of what we might not know is that when Jesus institutes that meal, uh, he's actually instituting, uh, it's the, the context is Passover, which celebrated the Exodus and pe- the people of God's deliverance from the powers of evil and darkness. And Jesus is identifying his death with the Exodus event of Passover. And I think that's just been the tip of the iceberg, like Ricardo mentioned, of just seeing how um, the power of who Jesus is is wrapped up and foreshadowed in such amazing ways in Exodus and what that means for us today. I also get excited. I think of the theme of freedom, like, and what is real freedom? You know, freedom's a word that uh, gets thrown around a lot today. I don't know. It's central to our 
uh, even in our, our, our country, kind of our, our culture, like we, we talk a lot about wanting to, you know, like freedom is a very high value that we have. And yet often I think we have a, maybe a reductionistic view of what freedom is. We kind of think it's just, I get to do what I want to do, you know, and nobody's seen in my way. And I think in Exodus, we see this powerful reality that it's both freedom from those things that enslave and oppress and destroy and whatnot, but it's also freedom for, like it's a freedom for God, freedom to be united with him and uh, his His purpose, his character, his identity, his, his person. And so I don't know, I, I'm, I'm excited to dive into those themes about like, man, what is... What are the ways that God is delivering us as his people today? Not just so we can go walk off on our own, but that we could be united in life with him. And the first half of Exodus seems like it really hits that deliverance, freedom from theme. And the second half of Exodus is like it really hits that freedom for uh, being united with God as his people. Yeah, that's that's good. It actually, uh, that makes me think of... Uh... Another really good podcast by some friends of our church called This Cultural Moment with uh, John Mark. He'll be on uh, our podcast here in the fall as well. But they kind of talk about that idea, too, of um, it's almost like a seesaw. On one side, you have freedom. And on the other side, you have, you know, uh, no freedom, like where you have to sacrifice and things like that. And the idea of in our culture, we really um, there's almost an idolatry of seeking out freedom where we're always trying to. Uh, shed off anything that would give us a restriction in our life, but really what we're called to in Christ is uh, is a different kind of freedom than what our culture calls us to. And there are some uh, from the outside some seeming seeming restrictions, but that's that's where true love really lies. So um, we'll talk more about that in the midst of Exodus. But yeah, I mean, check out this cultural moment if you're looking for some really good uh, conversation on that. But but yeah, I agree with you that Exodus. Um, is really good for those those sort of uh, touch points that we'll see. And you know, I mentioned formed earlier, um, and I think what is what is really helpful about Exodus, uh, we're going through Exodus at this time as we're starting formed. Even though each month in formed, uh, we're not going to be doing um, specific practices that tie directly into wherever we're at in Exodus. There is this sense that Exodus is setting the um, the foundations for the Israelites. It's setting a lot of their practices uh, as people who are worshiping Yahweh. Uh, and we're talking about rhythms in our own life. So um, I wonder if we could touch on that. But first, Rick, do you want to give us, uh, if, if they weren't there today on this Sunday and they didn't hear a little bit more about Formed, could you just give us like a, an, a quick elevator pitch about what the Formed Project is and, and what we're going to be doing uh, with that here over the next year, basically? Absolutely. Um, so let me just give you the genesis of it is John Crawford, who's one of our pastors here, and who many of you know, I mean, he came up with the idea first, thinking about like re- redemption communities and small groups kind of going through these rhythms or these practices that help us become more like Jesus, that we're shaped and we're formed by him um, and by the spirit. And it was something that we all felt like, no, that's not something just for people in small groups. Like, this is something the whole church needs to be a part of, and we need to get behind it as a, as a whole church. Kind of what, what we did several years ago when we did reading through the whole Bible. Um, we saw that it was a need for us to read through the Bible as a church. Now we see it as a need for us not only to read the Bible, but to have rhythms and practices um, that we we do as followers of Christ that we become more like Jesus. And some of these practices and some of these habits have what the church have been doing for, for years and years and years, and that, by that I mean the church, the people of God for years. Um, 
and things that will be new to us, like, you know, practices of certain ways in which we pray or fast and so forth, things that will be familiar to us, but things in which we need to be shaped. Um, so I guess to give the overview of it, it is going, hey, we're being shaped by something no matter what it is. Um, every day we are. Uh, the shirts that we have on today, the jeans that we have on, or the shorts or the shoes or the flip-flops or whatever it is that we're wearing, that that wasn't just a decision we just made out of out of uh, in a vacuum somewhere. There are things consciously and subconsciously that are happening that are shaping us in certain ways that we say things, we wear things, we eat things, we buy things, we don't buy things. Uh, we go places, we don't go places. We have friends, we don't have friends because of the ways in which we're being shaped. Um, none of these things are just necessarily all inherently evil. However, there's something good, right, true, and beautiful about the ways of Jesus. And yet, it is not the natural in inertia of our life to be shaped by Jesus unless we put ourselves in intentional practices to do such. The Bible gives us clues to this. I mean, even as we talk about Exodus, like God is forming a people and he's forming a people in response to his great acts of redemption. He's forming a people with instruction, like here's how you do this. Here's what you stay away from. He's forming them with his presence, that he's with them, and he's reminding them even visually of his presence, that in the tabernacle, that he is where they are. Um, and there's these things that are shaping them to be the type of people in whom God wants them to be. And likewise, today, we have practices in which we can put into place and collectively as a group of people to be able to have um, that same formation happen within us, that we are in the presence of God, that we are being shaped and conformed to the image of Christ, um, and that these practices are not just duties. These are life-giving things that remind us who we are in a world that is not fully redeemed yet will be. And so um, I'm looking forward to it uh, individually as a person to just have my not just spiritual practices, but my soul uh, stirred afresh and to desire Jesus in ways that, that maybe I haven't. Um, and then also for us as a, as a, as a church to, to grow in our, our spirituality that is rooted in the presence and purposes and person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, if I, if I could kind of piggyback on that and just say that, you know, I think we're all being formed whether we like it or not. You know, uh, like Ricardo said, uh, I think the things that we watch, the things that we read, the practices, the daily kind of rhythms and habits, the morning commute time, um, and even just kind of cultural practices. One thing that struck me on this years ago was reading, there's a guy, James K. Smith, this book, Desiring the Kingdom, but he goes for about three or four pages describing the image of like an alien who's observing uh, people in our culture going to the shopping mall. And he takes like three or four pages describing it as a religious ceremony thing where you don't even know he's talking about the shopping mall per se, but it's like the pilgrims arrive in their caravan and they walk through the atrium and they enter a place where there's no, uh, the light is always the same. It's an eternal timeless space. And they see the icons on the wall showing the saints who depict the good life and the, and the way that we should go. And they enter into the, the, what are the stores? They enter in and they browse what the faithful call the racks and they bring their offering or devotion to the person at the counter and, and give it and receive uh, with the sacrifice. Then they receive a, a gift to take back. And Endgame being, he, he's describing something that we do every day that we don't necessarily think of as religious, but as a, as, as a, as a practice that forms and shapes us and communicates certain meaning and values. And we could take that and apply that to so many things, um, our experiences at the school or the hospital or the concert or uh, the sports game or whatever it is, our life and the rhythms and things that we do shape and form us as people. So I think it's really powerful for us to start going, what are the practices and rhythms and routines that the church has historically done and held and that we see in scripture as well 
that are actually creating space where the Spirit of God uses these things to form us into the image of Christ. Uh, I, I just think right now of when Jesus says, um, he says, when you fast, do it like this, da-da-da. But it's always struck me, he doesn't say if you fast, he says when you fast, you know? And the, there's actually like a, an a, a assumption, it seems, on Jesus' part, that practices like that would actually be a part of the life of his people, um, rather than just kind of, I think sometimes we can be suspicious, like, oh, these are works we're trying to use to perform for God or whatever. And no, these are actually rightly understood, probably understood, these are vehicles that the Spirit of God has given us to shape and form us as his people. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to actually take a year and explore this together as a church body and jump into it together. Yeah, and and it does seem, I kind of mentioned this before, it seems like a, a really good time to be in the book of Exodus here as as the um, Israelites are getting their foundational formational rhythms uh, throughout the book of Exodus in particular that is given to them by God. Uh, I'm just coming off the heels of a book club that I led this summer with uh, a group of people. Uh, the book's called The Common Rule by Justin Early, and um, hopefully I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. We're hoping that he'll be one of the guests this fall on the podcast. All depends on timing and things like that. But it's just this idea, I mean, this all seems to be coming together right now. And I, I, I feel like there can be some people that hear the idea of rhythms or spiritual practices, or some people call them spiritual disciplines. Um, and they'll kind of shirk at it. They'll, they'll say like, eh, I don't, I don't, it's this idea of freedom. I think a lot of times at the root of it, like, uh, it can feel restrictive or, or whatever. But I think if nothing else, what we're trying to say is, um, an opportunity for all of us to be able to grow in self-awareness because we are being, like you said, Ricardo, we are all being shaped by something. Uh, So I think sometimes we can not even notice some of the rhythms and patterns that are already in our life. Uh, And then so self-awareness is sort of the first step of that. And then there can be an opportunity for being more intentional. If, If there are rhythms and patterns in your life that you're not excited about. Um, there are ways, uh, that, that God gives us through some spiritual practices and rhythms that, that we can tweak and adjust those things. So there are resources out there. And and so I think this would be a really good season for us as a church. Um, let me land the plane here with, uh, with a couple thoughts. So, um, I am go. We, we didn't like really prep a whole lot at all for this podcast because these two guys are really good at going off the cuff. I just said like, we're going to talk about uh, what we're hoping for people would take away from this series and uh, from the church. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a, uh, a sample person that might be listening to this podcast right now. Um, and, and we'll just kind of go. And, and if there's long silences, it's easy because I can edit those out and you listening will be none the wiser. But three different people that might be sitting in our Sunday services uh, and then tell me, like, what would be their next step or what would be a good way for them to engage or, or something through the midst of this Exodus series. OK, so um, the first one I'll give. Uh, I'll just give you a highlight so you guys can be thinking about them here, okay? So the first one is going to be someone who attends our church and is involved in a small group. Um, so in the midst of their small group, you know, maybe this, let's say the small group's going to be actively participating and formed as well. What, what, what would you give them as we're going into Exodus? Number two will be a person who happens to listen to our podcast uh, and then will um, – really just has the the life that they have right now is maybe a little chaotic. They, they come to Sunday services, but it's been really hard for them to um, feel like they have the time or space to be connected in other ways to our church. So they're here on Sundays and they listen to the podcast and that's about it. And then lastly, it'll be the person who is here. Uh, they're in a small group. 
they are serving maybe through a city outreach group, uh, maybe they're a member, they're a leader, they're really, really committed, and they do a lot of different things around our church. So we'll start with what I think might be the lower hanging fruit of that person who's here. They come on Sundays pretty regularly, and they're in a small group. What, what would you guys say to them through the midst of this series? What would you hope for them? How can they engage? What would be some next steps for them in this series? My quick answer to that <clears throat> would be the person who's here and involved in a small group is to intentionally take the practices that are that are going to be uh, introduced through formed and uh, and practice them <laughs> and without expectation. So if you think about the way we think about left and right brain and so forth, try to be less looking for certainty and particular answers and trust that Jesus is the truth and be okay with the level of ambiguity and a spirituality that is not rooted in just like, we don't know what's going on, but that's rooted in that Jesus really is the truth and that, that not looking for just pragmatic things. And so trusting in um, the process um, and as opposed to just the end result of whatever that end result is. Because oftentimes we have like an expectation, I'm going to be more godly, I'm going to be more, in, and it just be like, well, no, we're, we're, we're really on a journey. And when I, I tether that through with Exodus is if you just look at the, if you read Exodus, I mean, it is years and years. And there's, I mean, it starts with Moses being a baby and then Moses going away for a while, then Moses coming back and then them being in the wilderness for 40 years. There's just this long, like, process of which God is doing to shape his people. So just thinking about that and just keep doing what you're doing and then intentionally practice these things in a pace in which you trust that the spirit is at work and the pace that God wants as opposed to maybe a result or time that what we may or may not want. Good. Yeah, uh, my biggest encouragement would be to bring yourself to the story, you know, as we enter into the story of Exodus. And two questions that come to mind, it would be like, where do you feel constrained or where do you feel unsatisfied? You know, I, I think there are some of us who may feel constrained right now. Maybe you feel like Israel in Egypt, you know, like there are, for some, there, you might be dealing with um, sickness and health issues. You could be dealing with uh, mental health type stuff. You could be dealing with financial struggle. It's not saying, hey, we're going to do the series and all that's going to go away, but it is going. Uh, those are areas that are, are real and that God cares about where we can feel um, like there's no way out and constrained and oppressed by just, uh, it can maybe feel like God's left the building and we're on our own and, and the, the weight of that. Um, bring that to the story because I think we're going to encounter a God who sees and hears and cares. And there may be long time, you know, uh, as, as Ricardo mentioned, there's years. Uh, it's not a one-moment story. It's, it's a story that takes place over a long period of time, but it speaks to a God who is with us and powerful to bring us out the other side. Um, and then for others, I think the question of where do you feel unsatisfied? I think some of us, maybe it's it's no longer like, feeling like you're in Egypt, but it's kind of like, dude, the world is my oyster. I, I, I feel free right now to do all the stuff that I want, but um, I'm hungry for something more, and the stuff that I've been running after has left me hungry. Maybe it's that, that you have that freedom from uh, the stuff that would constrain you, but you, have, you haven't been using your freedom for God, and it's left you thirsty and dry and worn out. And to your point, I think of the formation, you know, like just that, I love the phrase where it took, it took God one day to get Israel out of Egypt and 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel, right? Like that God is committed to our sanctification and growth and that we'd ultimately find our life in him. And so um, wherever you're coming from, bring yourself to the story. That's good. How about uh, the second person who is here 
as much as they can be on Sundays for services, and they listen to the podcast, and that's about all they are doing currently. Yeah, I, I would. What Josh just said is, is, I mean, legit, and I think that kind of goes to all of the different types of people. Like, when it comes to that person, it's going. What is in your life right now that is keeping you? If, if, if it is true, like from being around other believers. Um, and if that's one or two, at least a next step, you know, you're not going to just immediately have this like host of friends. If you don't have like a community that you, that you have that can walk with this, um, with you. Um, that's what I would encourage because we don't, you don't want to treat this as like, okay, I I can get some information by listening to maybe sermons on a Sunday and I can worship, um, which is very, very good, but it's just a part of it. And then listening to the podcast, maybe on the way to work or on a walk or whatnot, is going, okay, those things are put in place to put you in the life of community. And so what is it that is keeping you from it? Um, and then how do you start somewhere? You know, it may be connecting with the DNA group uh, class that we have here. It may be trying out a particular redemption community that you can be a part of, or maybe even serving somewhere, somewhere where you can put yourself amongst other people who are walking and trying to follow Jesus. Yeah. I think similarly, I'd want to speak to the power of relationship. You know, like as we enter this Exodus series, one of the things that really stands out to me is God's not delivering a bunch of scattered individuals. He's forming a people. And uh, particularly we see not only the leave as a people, but so many of the the laws and the things in the second half of Exodus that um, can maybe seem intimidating to us at first, like what's going on with these laws? I think part of it is going, like God's going, I want to actually form a people. And these have to do with the nature of your life together in community as as my people. And um, I, and so I would encourage folks who are maybe feeling isolated or have isolated themselves just that you weren't made to do this alone and we need one another. Uh, and I think, dude, increasingly we just live in a society where we're becoming more and more separated like little atoms that aren't connected to each other anymore um, and that that ultimately has really detrimental effects on our, our life and our health. And I think God's desire for us is to bring us into community with others and that he wants to speak to us and shape us um, through the life of his people together. That's good. That's helpful. Um, so how about this this final person? I think of a lot of names um, of this last person that I had mentioned. I won't say any of the names, uh, but these are good people. They're really connected. Oh, there. Yeah, it was actually, it was you and Ricardo, uh, in particular. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, they're really connected to our church. Uh, they're probably a member here. They're probably leading in some form or fashion. They're, they're connected with community. Um, they're doing a lot of things. What would you guys say to them? Yeah, my quick answer and I guess immediate answer would be, uh, enter into the series in Exodus not as I know this, it's so easy for me at least, um, if I'm in that category, is to kind of go, okay, I know some of these things. Oh, this part of Exodus I really, really like. Or this resonates with me. Kind of enter, enter in, and the word I keep using is with curiosity and a sense of going, what has God done? Has, has he done? And what is he like? And is he doing something like this right now in my life? Because oftentimes we see the Old Testament, especially Exodus, as like, yes, God is, a, he redeems, he forgives. Um, and I think sometimes we, we, we don't see the deliverance part of it. Like he's delivering, he's not just forgiving, he is delivering us from something. And so what does it look like? You know, some of those questions Josh mentioned earlier, like what, what constraints do you have? What is it that you need to see God deliver you from? Um, even as someone who is really, really participating, um, and really committed and so forth. The other thing about it is when it comes to not just a series, but even the, the whole season of being formed is likewise, um, 
looking at your own life and saying like, where are ways in my life where I do need to be more con- um, formed into the image of Christ because I'm being conformed actually by the things of this world. Um, and just asking for the Lord to bring deliverance there, whether it be areas of doubt, whether it be areas of fear, areas of perfectionism, um, shame, just things in which you can say, Lord, I, I'd like for you to do a work in me as well and feel less of the responsibility because usually the person you're talking about, they're leading people somewhere. Feel less of the responsibility um, to be the leader in terms of like having it together as opposed to the leader who's pointing it, pointing to the one, namely Jesus, who puts us together. And so that, that's what I would encourage that particular group of people, of men and women that are there. And I'd say thank you because y- you you are leading a lot of people, and usually you're probably involved in ways that really help us as a church kind of grow. Yeah, I think I would say just that there's more for you, you know, and not that there's more for you to do. It sounds like you're already doing a lot through that person, but there's more that God has for you, uh, both uh, in his word, I think as we enter into the series and all that, I, I think there's more gifts that God wants to give you, not necessarily stuff, but of himself, his presence to take you deeper into an awareness and knowledge of who he is and uh, your life with him. And likewise, that there's um, there's more for you when we think about spiritual formation and growth that God wants to do in you. I was just talking to a buddy yesterday who's been uh, following Jesus for about 10 years now, um, known him throughout before Jesus and now after, uh, but you know, we were just talking yesterday, and he's going through kind of a gnarly scenario. But so it just it feels like God has pulled up this deeper layers. Like I thought I was sanctified, basically. I thought I was doing good. I thought I was, and now the situation has just brought out this dark stuff in me that makes me almost question them. I even God, am I? Are you afraid of this, God? Are you going to run away from me now? You know, and and, uh, and the powerful thing as we kind of prayed together was just realizing God's behind this process. Like He cares about the depths that we have in our lives that we may not even know are there. And he can take up, you know, lift up those layers to actually pull out the stuff where we might, um, we might not be physically enslaved like Israel was in Egypt, but uh, we might have things that are controlling us and, and that God wants to continue to take us deeper into the deliverance and the freedom that he has for us. And so um, just, it would be the encouragement that God has more for you to, like Ricardo said, that we can get into maybe routine. I'm just kind of doing the stuff. And just to enter into this season with some anticipation and hunger for, um, God, this isn't just us doing the, the thing. This is us wanting and needing you and more of you. Yeah, yeah, not just doing the rhythms to go through the motions, but really seeking uh, God's face. Well, that's good. Yeah, um, I think those are good words. Uh, and I imagine probably those audiences bleed together uh, for most people more than uh, than parsing it out as much as I did. But um, I think that was really helpful. I'm looking forward to this series. And I appreciate you guys taking the time out to, uh, to record this podcast with me. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to jumping into Exodus. So in the meantime, we'll keep doing this uh, starting every every Sunday. We'll have another podcast coming out now for the rest of the fall into Advent and into the new year. So uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, and if you have any questions or feedback or anything like that, you can shoot me an email at greglindsay at redemptionaz.com. So thanks a lot for listening, and we will talk to you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Redemption Tempe podcast, where we believe that all of life is all for Jesus. Our vision is to create disciples who seek reconciliation and restoration of Tempe. We are a multi-congregation church, and our service times at our Tempe location are 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m. To learn more about us or to get plugged into the life of the church by tapping the connect button on our app, we would love to hear any feedback or questions you have. Please send them to tempepodcast at redemptionaz.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.